My name is Matthew, and uh, I came in contact with um, the book through a program, a class that was going on out in Oregon. And I was hesitant because I wasn't a, a believer at all to, to take the class, but I sat through it, and in reading the book, I got more interested. And so I came out um, to the program. And through the book and the program and lots of teachings, I've been able to um, overcome, and I've been, I've had a healing from chronic depression, from chronic fatigue, um, anger, and, and a lot of frustration in my life, and uh, I've just gained a, a real peace, as well as um, bipolarity and some severe depression that, that I was dealing with. So. My name is Anita Hill, and I was healed through the principles of uh, the topics in um, a more excellent way before the book was even written. And um, I am 73 now. I came to this ministry when I was 56. And uh, God has totally healed me of environmental uh, illness issues. I was allergic to everything in the world. And my story went around the world as a girl in the bubble. And I'm here to testify that I'm totally healed of it. And now I travel all around the world, uh, coming out of a foil-lined room on oxygen for 11 years. And I thank God for that healing. I also had hypothyroidism which I was healed of. I at one time had a renal failure and um, the complications of that, and they have all left. Um, I had also a atypical organic brain syndrome where at one point, uh, because of uh, injuries to my head and shock treatments for depression over the years, I could not understand English or speak it. And now God has totally restored me, and I teach all over the world. And um, I also had osteoarthritis and had to wear a brace on my neck and my back. And I'm totally free of that. And a couple years ago, I was climbing mountains in Austria. And I, may, I know this may sound too good to be true, but God says in Psalms 103.3, I am the God that forgiveth all your iniquities, and I heal all your diseases. So I have been healed of um, 17 diseases. And we don't have time to go into all that now, but I want you to know that God is faithful to his word. And if it weren't for the principles in this book, A More Excellent Way, um, my doctors had given me up for dead. And I am alive and well in Jesus Christ. Why do you think Satan wants your blood? The life of the body is in the blood. If I were your enemy and I wanted the life of your body, what must I control first? Your blood. And where does your blood have its origin? In the marrow. And in the marrow, you have red corpuscles and you have white corpuscles. The red corpuscles carry the oxygen and the nutrients. The white corpuscles, the uh, T-cells, as the old, they call these called T-cells, macrophages and killer cells, and the B-cells are part of your immune system. As you see on the chart, you can see T-cells, those are macrophages and killer cells, and B-cell is down here, uh, and we'll talk about that later. So if I was your enemy, how in the world can I access your marrow? Well, I'm going to access your marrow because I'm going to control your thoughts. I'm going to make your spirit. I'm going to make my spirituality your spirituality. 
I'm going to get you to follow the law of sin, but I'm going to, I'm going to come at you in a way that I'm not going to say, I'm the law of sin. I'm going to come at you with thoughts as if it were your own mind. I'm going to come out and I'm going to begin to bridge. In fact, I'm going to create relationship breakups. I'm going to start giving other people theta things to cause fights. I'm going to get you to say the wrong things that they can react to the wrong words. I'm going to get all kinds of conflict going. I'm going to create abuse. I'm going to get verbal abuse going. I'm going to get physical abuse going. I'm going to do everything I can to break up relationships. Why do I want to do that for? Because of one statement I'm about to make to you. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and your might, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Upon this all of the law and the prophets are founded. The entire foundation of the gospel is relationship. If I were your enemy and the foundation of the kingdom is relationship, the first thing I would do is get you separated from God. I'd make you mad at God. I'd do something to get you into a wrong way of thinking. I'd take the word from you. I'd get you into false religion. I'd do anything I could to get you away from the true and living God. Then the next thing I would do, I'd make sure you didn't like yourself. And I'd use other people to reject you, even your own parents. Because I'd get their parents and get them all goofed up, and then they wouldn't love your parents, and then they didn't know how to do it. They wouldn't love you. And all of a sudden, I got generations of people who know how to love each other. And so I'm going to get you all fried. I'm going to get you all goofy. I'm going to fill you full of shame and guilt and self-accusation and self-hatred. I'm going to get you looking down, looking up. I'm going to get you all afraid. And then I'm going to separate you from others. If I can achieve that level of separation, you're easy pickings. And I'm going to show you why. Because in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12... It says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, is able to separate the soul from the spirit, that's in thought, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, that's the source of theta, brainwave activity, the source of thoughts, is that thought from you, God, or that other kingdom? Huh? So I, I'm, I'm going to get you separated from yourself, then I'm going to get you separated from others, you see? And, and then I'm going to give you thoughts. You don't know, but you or something else. But the Word of God comes to help you understand what is truth. And if you're bound by fear and you think it's normal, then the Word of God will come and tell you in, in Timothy that God has not given you the spirit of fear. The Bible will come and tell you, be anxious for nothing. Let not your heart be troubled. And so, if, if I can get you to... Then the Word of God will come if you have fear and say, Well, that's not from God. So that's not for me. I didn't give you fear. So the Word of God is able to discern the thoughts and intents of your heart. And listen careful. And is able to penetrate to the joint and marrow. Joint and marrow. What is joint and marrow doing in there? Because the enemy is going to come and give you thoughts that will destroy your marrow. But what's destroying your marrow is a creature of verse 13. Because verse, I taught you this today earlier. 
Because in Hebrews 4.13, it says, Neither is there any creature that is not made manifest before him whom we have to do. All things are naked and open before the Lord. So what is the creature that you can't see that is able to give you thoughts in your inner man to control your way of thinking that can compromise your immune system at the marrow level? You're about to learn it. And since you're, you have to be ignorant of Satan's devices, that I'm going to take you into spirit-soul-body connection. I'm going to show you the pathway that produces the destruction of the immune system, the foundation for all allergies, and why you become cancer-susceptible and why you can't be healed or why you're not healed automatically when you get a tumor. And the reason for that is because you're the victim of an intelligent, invisible kingdom that has trained you to be sick and trained you to be allergic and trained you to die. Because you'd rather follow the law of sin, which produces death, than the law of God, which produces life. Are you catching up with me? Now, this is probably going over some of your heads, but later you'll remember. Later you'll remember my words. There's too much to keep up with here. But later, you will remember. Okay. When I began my, my journey into, into this reality, I was involved with a person who said that their immune system was compromised because of pesticides. They were so allergic that they hadn't been out of a house in five years. They were down to one or two foods. They lived in a room that was... The floors were lined with foil. The walls were plain sheetrock. They had oxygen and respirators to be able to breathe and not go into anaphylaxis or catatonic states. They couldn't even eat with their own family. And, and, and they heard God was using me years ago. And, and, and they figured they'd give me a call to see if I'd pray for them. And I said, well, yes, sir. They said, I have environmental illness. I have multiple chemical sensitivity. I said, what's that? Well, I, I didn't know what it was. They said, I'm allergic to everything. Oh, you're allergic to everything. Why is that? Because my immune system is compromised and it was pesticides that did it. Oh, but I believe you'll pray for me, God will heal me. I said, well, once you come to my ministry, I'll try to see what I can do. Well, you don't understand. I can't leave my house. So I found myself flying across America to see a person that did not know me. I did not know them. And they were expecting to be healed of a disease I knew nothing about. Would you like this assignment? I thought I'd gone into grandiose. And I was on the plane letting my fingers do the walking and the Holy Ghost do the talking. And I bumped into, just I said, God, you've got to talk to this boy. You've got to talk to this boy. You've got to talk to him. You've got to talk to him. And as I was scanning through the scriptures, and I was bumped into a scripture... And Mary Hart does good like a medicine. Well, that word medicine shouldn't be there, by the way. That's, that's incorrect in the, in the, from the Hebrew. The, the King James kind of blew it there because today medicine is the number three killer. So I'm, I really get nervous quoting the scripture in the King James. When you look up the Hebrew word, it literally says cure because they assume medicine cured things, which is quite the opposite. So it literally says, And Mary Hart does good like a cure but a broken spirit dries up the bones. A broken spirit 
dries up the bones. And as I was, as I was studying that and thinking about it, I said, wait a minute. What dries up the bones? And I got to thinking about my days as a pre-med student, and I said, wait a minute, that's marrow. That's a compromised immune system. That wasn't rottenness of the bones, that's osteoporosis. And the root for that in Proverbs is envy and jealousy. So it wasn't envy and jealousy that was the problem. It was something that was compromised in the immune system. And I looked down, and it didn't say pesticides. It said a broken heart, a broken spirit. And I got to thinking, what causes a broken heart? Well, a broken heart is what happens when fear enters a person who was hurt or damaged by somebody who was supposed to love them and didn't. And, when, and, and then I went over to uh, 1 John 4.18. And then 1 John 4.18 says this, There is no fear in love. So if you've not been loved perfectly from childhood, even in this room here, I want, to, I want to show you something. I teach around the world, it doesn't make a difference where I go, it's the same thing. I predict that when I ask this question in this room, 95% of you will raise your hand. That's a high percentage, isn't it? So I'm going to ask you this question. And I want you to raise your hand high. Don't give me any duck flaps. I want to see it high. And I want you to keep your hand up high. And I want you to look around. Not to embarrass yourself, not to embarrass others, but you will see that you're not the only one. Many of you thought you're the only one that had this problem growing up as a kid. You're going to find out you're in a lot of company here. Should you do this with me? You will never forget what you're about to see as long as you look. If you're a pastor here, this is in your church. That's why we do a program called The Father's Love and For My Life for this very reason. And conferences that I do, I do The Father's Love because of the healing of the broken heart from the damage from an earthly father as a child. Here comes the question. How many of you growing up as children do not remember hearing your earthly father say to you these words, I love you? My hand's up. Look around. Look around. How far off was I? Look around. Look around. Healing is about to begin. See, you thought you were the only one that was rejected. Look around. You'll never forget what you're looking at. 95. Thank you so very much. Did I know what I was talking about? This is the foundation of disease. This is the foundation of autoimmune diseases. This is the foundation of certain cancers. This is the foundation of certain types of leukemias. This is the beginning of the breach. This is the beginning of the problem. There is no fear in love. So if you haven't been loved perfectly, guess what comes? Fear. How do you get rid of it? Perfect love casts out fear. This is 1 John 4, 18. Now how about this one? Fear has torment. There's a foundation of most of your psychiatric diseases. Most of your psychiatric diseases are not organic. That means there's nothing wrong with the brain. Most of your psychiatric diseases are from neurotransmitter imbalance or neurochemistry imbalance from not feeling loved and afraid. It may be that you don't need a drug. It may be that you need love. You may not need a bunch of pills. You may just need one. 
the gospel. That's all you need, the gospel. And so, when I got to where I was going, I, the person said, well, do you know anything about my disease? I said, I'm not sure, but I want to know who broke your heart. Sure enough, I had me my hands full. And seven days later, the person walked out of that house totally well, and they're well today. And that began the journey of understanding allergies. Because I realized that these allergies this person had, when I went back to the medical textbooks and began to study the, the aspect of allergies, and, and which are the result of antibodies being formed to the exposure to a particular antigen flag, that, that really it had to do with fear. And it was fear that was compromising the immune system. And actually the immune system was being compromised and it had nothing to do with nutrition. You know, in today's society, the mindset is if you have proper exercise and nutrition, you can prevent and heal all diseases. Don't hold your breath. Everything is nutrition. If, if health was simply the basis of proper nutrition, we wouldn't need God. Our God would be our belly. But I want to tell you that that nutrition plays a very small part in disease period. And I promise you in this country, most of you are not malnutritioned. So don't tell me you're not getting your vitamins and your stuff, because you are. And so I begin a journey of understanding of understanding what allergies are. Now let me say to you about allergies. Allergies, now I'm going to really bend you here a little bit. From a standpoint of allergies that show up on a traditional IgE RAS test, as opposed to allergies that are based on psychogenic realities. Let's not go there. That's phobic. So I'm not talking about psychogenic or phobic. I'm talking about the traditional IgE RAS test stuff of antibodies. That if you're allergic to something, you're not really allergic to it at all. I know that may come as a surprise to you, but you're simply the victim of a biological manifestation that would produce what's called an allergic reaction. But in fact, you're not allergic to anything. So all this food you're losing, all, all of your dairy products and, and all of your wheats and your sugars and all this stuff that you, you so love that you're losing because of allergies. Listen, what an allergy says concerning food that what God created is evil. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. It says concerning food, there's nothing evil in itself. But all things are profitable if taken with thanksgiving because they're sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. So all foods are edible that God has created except okra. That's it. You know, you know what's amazing to me? The first thing you lose in allergies are dairy products and your sugars. And then comes your wheats. But when the spies in the days of Moses went into the land of promise, they found it was the land filled with milk and honey. I want to give you back all of your dairy products, 
All of your Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays. I want to give you back all of your sugars. I want to give you back all of your peanuts. I want to give you back everything because God created it for you and it's for your enjoyment in moderation. I've seen as many as a hundred allergies leave a person in 24 hours. If God heals you a broken heart, He also was driving out the fears that make you afraid. He also can give you an instant blood transfusion at the marrow level. That means He can give you every bit of white corpuscles that you need just like that. Let me read this quotation from Newsweek magazine. Healthy thinking may eventually become an, an integral aspect of treatment for everything from allergies to liver transplants. You know, the Bible talks about stinking thinking. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof is destruction. You're told to have the mind of Christ, which is to know the will of the living Father. Hmm. These are exciting times. Many of you may have come to the For My Life teaching for your own life. But God has something more in mind for you. He wants to educate you for others too. The information you will learn here in the modules of teaching and for my life as part of the Be in Health Global Outreach are things that will help you help your own families, your children, understand your marriages better, and people in the marketplace better. And you'll be able to be a tremendous gift to everybody you meet because you're going to be able to see past those barriers of science. You're going to be able to see past those barriers that are, seem so invincible to you and make you feel so inferior with the incredible educated conclusions of the scientist. Let's talk about disease prevention scripturally. First of all, you must know and you must agree that God wants you well. If you think God is trying to kill you with putting a disease on you, that's not a form of disease prevention. And you've got to be very careful about fear, especially in today's society. Fear of disease, fear of dying, uh, cancer phobia, uh, the fatalistic conclusion of natural man who has no hope tries to rub off on you. And you, you get around people and they say, well, let me tell you about my disease. They're beginning to train you in fear. Out of their hopelessness and despair and their fears, you have to be careful who talks to you these days. I'm telling you, it's true. And I'll tell you something about fear in disease prevention. The Bible says this. And this is a case history of Job in the book of Job. I think it's chapter 3 or so. Job said this, I wasn't looking for trouble, but it came anyway. Boy, maybe you feel that way. And the thing that I have feared greatly has come upon me. You need to be careful of what it, your fears represent because what you fear 
sets in motion for that to come your way. So if you have fear of getting a disease, guess what's headed your way? You got something headed your way because that's what you're afraid of. Mm -hmm. You see, fear and faith are equal in this dimension. In Hebrews um, 11.1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So, fear and faith are equal in this dimension. They both project into the future. And they both demand to be fulfilled. Faith is God's statement about good things. Fear is the enemy's statement about bad things. And fear wants to overtake and defeat faith. To give you the object of fear, which would be the curse, not the benefit or the blessing. And you need to be able to hold every thought captive. As 2 Corinthians 10.5. Holding every thought captive. Come on, it's time to wake up, mankind. You don't have to be a victim of even your own emotions. You don't have to be a victim of your own thoughts because most of your thoughts that you're struggling with are nothing more than temptation. But because you have thoughts and feelings, you just go right down under it and say, that's the way I am. Don't just let her come on. Let her bring her on. Where are you resisting anything then? And, and the enemy can come and tempt you with fear and thoughts and you can shake under it. It's so real. He can give you pictures. He can project things. And in this temptation... He can already start your body to hyperventilate. He can cause your body to get rashes and hives because he is demanding that you conform to the image of what he's trying to program you in to see if you're listening. That's why you're to hold every thought captive. Casting down every imagination and every high and lofty thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. That is the beginning of preventing the works of the enemy. God's perfect will is not to heal you anyway, theologically. We've made healing and soul care the ultimate part of ministry. No, no. God's perfect will theologically is not to heal you but that you don't get sick. Amen. And, and that will take us right into some scriptures here in a bit in Deuteronomy chapter 7 to prove that to you. Healing is a bonus of His grace and mercy. It, it's His provision that we can recover ourselves from the snare of the enemy. You know, we, we understood this clearly in, in the beginning of, of, of healing is out of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, 25, and 26. That says, a servant of the Lord must not strive, must be gentle unto all men, patient, able to teach in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, that God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves. The lady with the Graves' disease, very serious disease, with one insight, one discernment, one application of truth and repentance, 
she was able to change her spiritual way of thinking. And she was able to recover herself from the snare of the devil because he had taken her captive at his will to do his will and the disease was the manifestation. You know, your life can change just like that if you begin to understand what we're teaching you. So, holding every thought captive, number one, is the beginning of preventing the works of the devil and his kingdom. Because he wants to train you in how he thinks. He wants to give you thoughts as if it were your own mind. He wants to give you feelings and emotions and, and he wants to project things that you can now become a puppet on a string. And you don't even know you've been invaded by a spiritual parasite that is tempting you with thought as if it were your own mind. Because nobody taught you. Well, the Bible did. And in our teachings here, especially when I get into the teaching with you very shortly called Spirit World Realities, then I begin to teach you what we call the doctrine of separation. You're going to have discernment. And you're going to see past the physical part of your eyeballs that looking into physical things. And you're going to understand what is manifesting and why. Because discernment is a missing link in mankind as far as God is concerned. So all we do is chasing symptoms. Going from temptation to temptation to failure. Begging God to deliver us when we just need his grace. Which is his divine influence on the human heart. That you may be taught that you don't have to go into captivity because you have no knowledge. You don't have to perish for lack of knowledge. And we can challenge you to use the knowledge you already have and make it work. Through what? Being a doer of the word. I had somebody email me this week and said, thank you for your teachings, Pastor that has taken me from Logos to Rhema. I had so much Logos, and nobody could help me take it to a practical application. That's Rhema. Revelation. The future of medicine is in preventing disease, and it is the mission of the God that created you. It absolutely is. And we took you back into Deuteronomy chapter 28 and showed you that blessings automatically come when you're a doer of the word. Now, I know I startled some of you in the teaching on the theology of healing when I redefined the word stripes. And I've had some rebuttal already from people who didn't agree. And so in response to someone who disagreed with looking at that word stripes in Isaiah 53, 5, and uh, in, um, let's see, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, I 
hammered out a response. Could I share it with you? Because you, you have to look deeply. As you know, we, we redefine the word stripes as not literally being his broken body. Uh, by his broken body we were healed because we defined earlier in that verse that he was bruised for our iniquities is the same thing. And we looked at the word uh, stripes deeply in the root word of the Hebrew and found it meant literally that by his fellowship with us we are healed and by our fellowship with him. And so I, I hammered out some things and the person that came back at me did not go to the root word of the Greek as deeply as they needed to, which is the Strong's number 3700, 3700. So could, uh, because I know that maybe you're still struggling with this, could I just read my response? I think it would be appropriate because this fits right in to what's called the theology of disease prevention. Um, so I am reviewing what you said to me, but in the Greek, there's an additional root word, which is 3700, and it seems to match the theme of fellowship. Because when we went to, if you remember, and I have my notes here, when we went to the root word of the word stripes in Isaiah 53.5, which was 2250, which means to be bound, and we went to the root word 2266, it meant to join with, to have fellowship with. And literally, uh, the Hebrew word chabarah literally means by his fellowship we are healed because of his shed blood and because of his broken body. So in this, I just want to read this. <clears throat> it seems to match the theme of fellowship. So being bound together with him in fellowship as doers of the word is made possible by one, shed blood, forgiveness of sin. Two, bruised, which means beaten for our iniquities, broken body, which was the penalty, the curse. The chastisement of our peace was on him, which means the shed blood and broken body now works. God is satisfied. And fourth, leaving us with a conclusion of partaking with God, in fellowship with God, which is what communion represents that you celebrate in your churches. What's called the sacrament of communion represents in the Greek now, the root, root word of stripes in the Greek, which is 3700, 3700, seems to indicate that being bound together in fellowship includes the following themes in this word study, which includes to gaze upon, a voluntary observation, my parentheses, free will by both parties in covenant, an earnest but continued inspection, these are all the meanings of 3700, a continued inspection to appear, to look, to show oneself to, or to draw near. To take the word stripes literally as indicated in Strong's, both in Hebrew and Greek, without using the root word 2266 in the Hebrew, or the 3700 root word in the Greek, would mean that, that the beaten body automatically heals us. And it's not true. If that's the case, there would be no sickness in the church. 
So two areas of thought now come in this word study. One, the broken body is already covered in the first part of Isaiah 53. He was bruised for our iniquities. So the stripes would be redundant by itself because it's already covered in the first part of the verse. Secondly, the shed blood and broken body does not automatically forgive or heal anyone unless the human comes into proper submission and fellowship with the Father because of Jesus and becomes a doer of the word. You see in the word stripes in the Greek, as I mentioned to you, very strongly it says a voluntary observation and drawing near. That's a decision. So it became very clear that fellowship at this level is love God, love others as you love yourself. And as Jesus said, this is the foundation of the law and the prophets, is relationship and fellowship. So the, and, and also the whole theme of communion in 1 Corinthians 11 insists that because we don't judge ourselves and don't rightly discern the body of Christ and the Lord's body, for this reason many of you are sick, weak, and die premature death, or is in the King James says sleep, which means die premature death. And since communion, my parenthesis, and the communion service itself, represents Isaiah 53.5. When you think about it, when we celebrate the sacrament of communion, we are celebrating now what was paid for then. So it isn't the historical happening that works. It's our continued fellowship with him makes it work. <laughs> 